Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Right, I'm not going to lie. I'm taking that all day long. I'm absolutely taking that all day long. Um... I'll be brutally honest, going into this game, I was <laughs> I was I was honestly, I was genuinely expecting Spurs to get done. I was thinking it was gonna be a, a kind of a, a, a valiant effort on our part, playing some nice football, but it would either maybe not even be like the the West Ham game, maybe more like the Barcelona game, um where we can either take the lead or kind of keep the draw, but you know we're going to end up kind of losing to them. Brentford are they're a decent side. They are they are missing Ivan Tony. Um, must be said, but I think in this new system, it's going to take a bit of time of getting used to. I was a bit been a bit concerned, if I'm brutally honest, about the defence. Still, I was thinking, you know, Van der Ven, it's good signings, promising signing anyway, but. He's largely unproven. He's largely unproven even in the in the Bundesliga where we signed him from, um, let alone in the Premier League. But he was good. He was strong. He was aggressive. We knew that about him. Uh, there were some maybe some question marks from some of the things I'd heard. Seb Stafford-Bloor had said as much on The Athletic that there's certain question marks over some of his decision-making at times. I felt like he was, he, he was, he was strong today. Destiny a doggy. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go through all of the players one by one, as is usual in a minute. But standout performance, absolutely standout performance. Uh, the back of that defence. Obviously, with Christian Romero going off, we we are left asking maybe what could have been, um, were it not also for that absolutely ridiculous penalty it was given. Um, I don't think I'm just being a bitter Spurs fan when I say that that is probably one of the sort of most pitiful penalties I've ever seen given for <laughs> against us at least, uh, and it ranks up there in many of these kind of ridiculous VAR-led decisions because I I don't really see what else Sonny could have done differently there. We're talking contact there that probably anywhere else on the pitch wouldn't even constitute a free kick. It would just be play on. And of course, when we slow these things down frame by frame for VAR, yeah, of course it looks like he's taking him out, but he doesn't. The, the, look at the way the player fell. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, an, another as well, another point of contention for me with regards to VAR is the the offside, or potential offside for our first goal. Brilliant whip cross by Madison excellent header by Romero getting on the end of that and then what four four five minutes for them to decide whether or not that's 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 actually a goal that's a legitimate goal they said I look I know this is this is this is tired ground isn't it we've gone over this time and time again about the use of common sense about the way in which VAR is implemented about clear and obvious errors 
But it just seems like common sense, doesn't it? Why would you... If it takes that long to see whether or not the, the, the attacker in this instance has an advantage, they obviously don't have an advantage, do they? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But, you know, we got the goal, so I'm not going to waste too much too much energy going on about that. That's very promising, though. That is very promising. Um, Brentford are... That, well, I mean, if we if we go by the end of last season, they've been in fantastic form. I think Sean Walsh, who I had on the preview pod, um, said they've had a fairly indifferent summer, but, you know, it's pre-season friendlies, uh, you know, it's about kind of getting up to match fitness as much as anything. We know that Brentford can be a, can be a handful, though, um, at home. But there's an interesting... I'll tell you one thing I did find in the pre-match preview. Where is it? Let's have a look. It was... And I'm pretty sure, if, if I remember correctly, we haven't lost... We haven't lost away at Brentford. Since the... Uh, I know this makes for amazing... I know this makes for amazing uh, podcast content, but I'm pretty sure it's since the 1940s that we haven't we haven't lost to Brentford away. Um, I don't know if I can be asked to find it. I, can't, I don't know if I can dig this out now. Um, game was delayed by. I'm not even sure. I don't even understand water supply issues. Let's have a look. Let's see what this is. Kickoff in Brentford's opening Premier League game of the season against Tottenham Hotspur was delayed by six minutes because of a water supply issue at the GTEC Community Stadium. Um, okay, well, I guess that means I can't flush toilets and all that type of stuff, right? Well, you know, it's a bit tin pot in it. Bit tin pot. It's supposed to be a brand new stadium, that Brentford, and uh, you know you're delaying it. You're delaying it because, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, look, you know, I don't, I don't want to hype this up too much. I don't want to hype up first game of the season, but that's that's an important performance. It's important to come away from that not losing. It's important to play in the way that we want to. You know, it was Brentford, if anything, who were more of the kind of low block team in in this instance. I don't know if you know. Again, you know, I'm not the the tactics aficionado, but. I don't know if you'd call that technically a, a low block, but it was at least a very defensive system that they were employing. They were clearly looking to catch us on the break time and time again. And other than the second goal, we managed to keep them at bay pretty successfully. It's just, it's, it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see, and I take a lot of heart from seeing Tottenham approach games on the front foot again, actually knocking the ball about. Actually, as I was saying after the Barcelona game, creating opportunities for one another, moving into space, fighting for one another, chasing and pressing, harrying the opposition in their own half, around their own box, not giving them any time to think. We did rattle them a few times. Um, and I think we need to have some sort of amnesty for takes on... <laughs> If Harry Kane was in the team, we would have put one of those away. But there was that opportunity, wasn't the right at the end. Richarlison, I mean, 
you can't help but think, can you? You cannot help but think if Kane was there, would we be talking about three points? But I'm just glad that we're not coming away from this saying this type of stuff. Oh, Tottenham played well. We did, we, you know, put on a good performance here, but ultimately we lost and whatever. We'll take heart from that. We go again. We knew it was going to be a rocky start under Andrew Postacoglu. No, we've gone away to Brentford. We've drawn 2 2. We've played well, and I think there's there's a lot of positives we can take from that. And you know that's that's just where we're at at the moment. I think it's. I mean, one of my one of my sort of feelings, and I, I said this, you know, in in the pod I recorded with Phil, Charlotte, and Con, was that I th- and I think it's John Cross. Is it John Cross and the Mirror who's sort of said and I know he's not often like everybody's favourite kind of for for opinions and stuff on Spurs and football in general but he was sort of saying something to the effect that I've had fears about that sending Harry Kane we're suddenly just a bit removed from being in the conversation at the top of the table that if you've got a player like Harry Kane in the team if you get a couple of signings right you're still always going to be quite close to to glory, maybe to potential success. And I know some people will say, "Well, how's that worked out for us?" But when we have had good teams, we have come close to that with him as the figurehead of the team. And unfortunately, you know, signings haven't worked out the way we hoped they would, and managerial appointments haven't worked out the way we we hoped that they would. And slowly and slowly, we've drifted further from the conversation, despite the fact that. Kane managed to maintain his his performance levels. And people talk about writing this season off, about Spurs not being part of the conversation. And, you know, whether or not that's a negative way to think, Adam, who I had on the pod the other day, says it's negative. And I, I do agree to an extent. But what I can say about where we are right now is it's nice to just be back in a place where I'm not really sure what Spurs are right now and I'm not really sure how good they can be. I'm enjoying Ange's football so far. I'm enjoying seeing the fact that he's already managed to break through, that he's obviously inspired this group of players enough that he's got them embracing a whole new system, a whole new way of playing in just over a month. In a, you know, Maybe let's say a couple of months. And the, the fact we can tangibly see that already, there's no, okay, well, let's give it four or five games and we'll start to see Ange's system come through. It's early days. Pretty much from the first time we lined up with him in the dugout, we saw a completely different style of football. And that says to me that a lot of these players have been, you know, they've been desperate to have the, you know, to have the shackles removed, if you like. Just to, to, to play with a bit of freedom, to play with a bit of character, not to be so rigidly tied to to a, to a system that is all about minimising the opportunities for the opposition, that isn't in any way proactively thinking about what we can take into a game. And you see the instant change in that with Imposter Coglu. And that's, that's something I take a lot of heart from. But... That also doesn't mean that we are, you know, by some divine right, going to be successful. 
it's all well and good to play nice football, but we still have no right to success. And right now, I think after the past few years, it's enough for me anyway to just enjoy watching Spurs again, right? And I know people do think that's a bit small time. I know people think that's a bit of a tin pot mentality, but you know, I just think right now that's kind of, that's okay. And I don't know what Spurs are and I don't know how good we're going to be. And I do think after with Kane going, yeah, I do think we do need to add a few more players. Um, and I dare say we will. I really hope that we do. I mean, <laughs> you can never, you can never ever, you know, um, take that kind of thing for granted, can you with Spurs, or take that thing for a given, you know, not take it for granted, I don't know, whatever. I mean, you know, me and my idioms. Um, I'm putting the idiot in idiom. Hang on, mate. Um, yeah, that's the joke. I get it. Um, but it's, there's promising signs there, and I haven't come away from that game feeling like, oh, we're playing Man United next. How awful! Like I mean, I am I am concerned about that. We don't we haven't had a good good time against Manchester United for the past few years, and you know everybody will have you believe that they're turning a bit of a corner under Eric Ten Hag. That remains to be seen, doesn't it? But let's uh, let's wait and see. But Tottenham they play very well today. They play very well. I do think we faded a little bit in the second half. That's to be expected. Obviously, a very high-intensity new way of playing. Um, the the lads need to get used to that. They, you know, I, whatever. I, it's a big blow to lose Harry Kane, right? He's a talisman of the team. There's going to be a period of resettling. And it probably does help that you know, we've got a new manager and a new style of play. So there's minimal resettling in the respect that we're not having to do it twice. And I kind of am coming around to the idea, whatever helps you cope right now that he's actually out the door, that it, maybe it was better to let him go this year. And we've got we've got a fresh start now under Andrew Postacoglu, clean slate. We do need some new players though. I, I, just, I just think we do. Um, Let's go through the players now, though, anyway. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Vicario... At first, I was I was livid for the for the deflected goal because um, I didn't see the deflection at first. I was thinking, "Oh my god, how has he not gotten to that?" And then I saw the replays, and you saw that it took that took that unfortunate deflection. Um, 
So there's there's nothing more he could have done there. Penalty, you know, penalties, penalties, 50-50, isn't it? Um, I don't even think it's 50-50. Somebody, anybody who's listening who knows about this type of stuff, I swear, it's more like, isn't it something like 70-30 weighted towards the attacker or something, a penalty? I think so. Um, but Vicario... I, look, I really, I don't want to come across as negative and I don't want to come across as jumping on him, on anybody just yet. Uh, <laughs> just yet, just yet, you know, give give it at least three games before I do that. But I, uh, I don't know. I do, I do have slight concerns about him. You know, he does, he does worry me a bit. He does worry me a bit. I don't, I've said it on some of the, you know, after the preseason games, sometimes I feel like he's maybe, maybe not as confident as as you'd like, as you'd like a, a goalkeeper to be in the Premier League. Um, I'm not sure his his decision making is always that good. There was a hairy moment right towards the end of the game when he he came off his line at. at kind of dodgy time he was caught in two minds caught in no man's land and took out I'm not even sure which player it was took out one of Brentford's players and there was that oh, they're going to get a penalty here and I think there was some debate from the commentary at least about the fact that the ball was going out of play or was out of play as the collision was made does that count as a penalty or not I'm not so sure um so I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't fill me with confidence at the moment. I'll be I'll be honest. And I'm honestly I don't even think I'm being hypercritical. Um I, I obviously want to see him come good. I obviously want to see the best of him in a in a Tottenham shirt. There's you know as he showed in the Serie A last year, being one of the most exciting kind of goalkeeping prospects in the league. He just I don't know. Let's give him some time, mate. But it's just, it's an unforgiving position, goalkeeper. It's its unfair. It is unfair. They've got such a, a, a small kind of window to to prove that they're they're good. And it must, it must take nerves of steel, man. It must take nerves of steel to be, to play as a goalkeeper. I know there's the whole like, goalies are a mad bunch. There's all that kind of twee sort of narrative about it, isn't there? But, you know, I do feel for them. Um, Let's just, let's just, you know. I mean, Fraser Forster, I'm guessing he's still injured, right? He wasn't even on the bench today. Um, so, we'll see. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe Andrew decide that Vicario is not good enough and try and spend some of the K money on a new goalie straight away. I doubt that very much, but we'll see. Um, Emerson Royale. It's funny, isn't it? Until he scored his goal, I think quite a few of us were starting to think, oh, what's he doing? He's kind of, you know... Maybe he's not it. Maybe there's not enough there in the kind of cut and thrust going forward. He looks a bit leggy. Doesn't maybe look pacey enough to play out wide to to keep up with a lot of the you know the speed and the intensity that you find in the Premier League, especially in those sort of wide forward positions. Now all across the league, there's plenty of examples of players that will love to skin a fullback. Um, but I think for the most part, he was pretty solid. 
I mean, beautiful goal. Lovely finish on that. We've seen him before, you know, he backs himself to do that type of thing. And sometimes it'll go wide. Sometimes it's a no-look pass that goes, you know, just, <laughs> just ambles off to the side. But other times we're going to see the ball fly into the back of the net like that. And he scored he scored a, a couple, and not he? I think two, three different, decent enough goals actually in his time already at Spurs. So it's good. And I can't really think of anybody else that I'd want to be, you know, playing in that position than him. No one miles above him. Um, Jed Spence we don't really know enough about whether or not Andrew Postacoglu even fancies him or not. There's some talk, you know, obviously that he's on the transfer list. Pedro Porro doesn't seem well suited to this system at all. Um, but I dare say we'll see some rotation between the two of those across the season. Christian Romero, I mean, it's hard to really, to, to, to do too much on him. He went off very early with a with a head injury. He was absolutely fuming. He was absolutely fuming to be brought off. Um, but it's for the best. We saw the, the unpleasant scenes, didn't we, a few years ago with Jan Vertonghen. Um, Pochettino, when he's not when he's not praising Saudi money in football, wasn't exactly showering himself in glory. Um in that moment with Jan Vertonghen, but we, you know we don't need to talk about the Chelsea manager now, do we? Um, but it was—I mean, it was a, a, a fabulous goal. What a header! What a header from from Christian Romero there. Um, after, well, I mean, that delivery from Madison was everything. But I'll, I'll save that to talk about him. Um, Christian Romero, though, being given the vice captaincy, so hopefully he will start to maybe just grow up a bit wise up a bit you don't want to take too much of it away from him do you you don't want to take too much of the fire out of his belly but just to kind of wise up a bit um, save <laughs> save the theatrics when you're going off the pitch when the manager takes you off because you got a head injury throwing his bibs about and storming off down the tunnel and all that like I love him man I do, I do love him like I've got I've got to say like I, lo I, lo I love him as a bloke like um or at least the the side of the bloke that we see in public, because I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I say I love him as a bloke, and then two weeks later he does or says something horrific, and it gets clipped up. Um, Mickey Van der Ven, as I was saying, largely unproven talent. There's a lot of physical attributes there that we're led to believe that there is this data-led approach to finding players who are going to best fit. And Postacoglu's system, he definitely seems like somebody that is going to be kind of perfect for that, right? He's he's quick, he's strong, he wants to he wants to get involved in the game. He doesn't hide from it. He's not looking for somebody else to take responsibility. You can see that straight away, and really, really, it's really encouraging to see that about him. Um, that I mean, the, the the deflection. It's just one of those things that happens. I don't think there's anything he could have done better there. I don't think there's anything he's done wrong there, particularly personally speaking. I just think it's just one of those unfortunate things that happen sometimes. Um, it was annoying, but you know he got over it and got into the game pretty well. I I like the look of him, man. I do like the look of him. I do still think we need another defender though. I think we need yeah we need another one. Um, Destiny Adogji Adogi Adogi I, I, I do apologise 
because I know he actually did in all the press junkets he did one with the athletic and he pronounced his name I think it's Udoji um, but I will look that up I, apologies because you know whatever it's just a bit rude isn't it just a bit rude um, he he just looks like one of our best players already I've got to say 20 years old I think 20 years old making his Premier League debut bloke looks like a seasoned seasoned veteran has been playing week in week out for five seasons he looks absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal his reading of the game his versatility playing I mean he looked brilliant in every part of the pitch that's the thing about it but his, his reading of the game both defensively and offensively is superb his his technical abilities is the way in which he sticks with his man doesn't get beaten looks for looks for space to move into to give he was he was him and Basuma were linking up very well him and Son were linking up very well at times moving into space creating opportunities for the players around him he was like I say defensively strong physically he's he's quick he's strong he's smart he's got the lot he's absolutely got the lot and the pessimist's take is great well then he's at Manchester City in a couple of seasons time maybe but it won't be for a long time and for now he's Tottenham Hotspur's player and he looks absolutely sensational and you don't want to hype a young player too much I get it you don't want to hype it but I don't even feel like this is hype I feel like this is just saying water is wet this guy is really fucking good because he is and I don't think we need to hide away from that I don't think it's one of these things where we're saying you know he's he's fucking excellent because he's done a couple of decent things in the game and you know give him a bit more time he's going to be even better and I just think already he looks quality he looks absolutely class and great you know absolutely great and it it makes me you know it's quite sad I've been somebody that's stuck up for Ryan Sessignon quite a lot um, and I know other people have I've sort of dug him out more but other people have stuck up for Sergio Reguilon quite a lot and there's been that sort of cla- like desperately clinging on to anything from the pair of them well they you know Sessignon looks like he might be able to do that quite well or Reguilon can maraud up the pitch quite well and suddenly Destiny Adoji's come along and he's just blown them both out of the water he's just made the pair of them look like mugs you know he he's made anyone that's st- <laughs> stood up for the pair of them look like mugs he looks like you know he looks like prime Danny Rose already. He do, he just does. He looks absolutely quality, absolutely brilliant, um, just sensational, uh, and it's uh, it's good. It, it it's it's such a stroke of luck, though, isn't it, that we've got him this year when we've got a manager like Andrew Postacoglu in because he just seems so perfect for it. It's like, for once for Spurs, for once, oh, over the victims, you know. But for once, it feels like the stars have actually aligned for Spurs a bit here. And we've gotten a young player in who just is sensational, who fits the system, fits the manager, 
is just right for a for a fresh start, for a fresh slate, an absolutely new dimension for us. Brilliant. I'm really excited about what the what the future holds for him and what the season holds in the immediate future. Oliver Skip. You know, I, I'm I, and I don't I don't change my opinion on this. Oliver Skip is I think he's a he's a great squad player. I think he's a you know he's a homegrown, young, good, strong player who every single team in the Premier League needs. Every single squad needs players like Oliver Skip. Um Today wasn't a classic performance, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think he worked hard for the team. I think... I found his his passing somewhat conservative today. Maybe that's under instruction. Maybe that's more his function within the team right now. Um, To be more of a, you know, whatever, a shield. Somebody that's clearing the ball up, moving it to Bissouma, moving it out to Kulisevsky on the wing releasing it to James Madison. Maybe that's Skippy's sort of value within this within this squad. Um obviously we're gonna be eagerly awaiting Rodrigo Bentancur's return. We don't know how, you know, what kind of state he's gonna be in when he does return. Pretty serious injury he's he's suffered. Pepe Matasar is somebody else that's gonna be battling Oliver Skip for that position player that very much like I still just wonder I do wonder if we maybe need in terms of now we're talking about Kane we're talking about the, the, the money we've got in maybe we need another player to provide a bit of competition in there if Eve Basuma if Eve Basuma goes gets injured or something like that you imagine it'll be Hoybier in there and with that comes Hoybier's many pros, but also his limitations. Um, if we move him on, I dare say we would absolutely actually need to bring in a new player. If we don't move him on this summer, I, I think we probably won't bring anybody else in. But in an ideal world, I would see Spurs bring in another player who is maybe a bit older, a bit more experienced than Skip and Pape Matassar. James Ward-Prowse is the sort of person that springs to mind for me. But by the sounds of things, Southampton want an extraordinary fee for him. They want like 50, 60 million pounds we're talking and that that to me doesn't represent good value. Um, if you could pick up James Ward-Prowse at 25, 30 mil, fantastic. Yeah, you know, bin off Hoybier, bring him in and then, you know, we've got, we got, we got a good player there who I think would slot him well with with Basuma and with Madison. Um, but, you know, I don't know. This is all just, who knows? It's just one of those things. But Skippy, you know, good performance. Um, but it it was good, right? It was good. It wasn't sensational. And maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe that's kind of Skip's function within the team. Um, but we'll see. Eve Basuma, sensational. Our, our best player. Just that, our best player for me. Um on the day I mean by that and maybe it remains to be seen who is going to be our best player from this point um, Sky gave him man of the match don't disagree with that whatsoever I just can't believe Antonio Conte kept this bloke locked away for a year I, I, I can't believe it because he's such a brilliant footballer 
He's absolutely superb. Absolutely fantastic. It's just such a... He's a presence on the ball. He... I would say he's he's firmly press resistant. You know, there were, there, were, there were times in there there were shades of Dembele about the way in which he was keeping hold of the ball, shielding it, making sure he was the one that came out of 50-50s with the ball and released it to a Tottenham player. He was such a, a brutal and decent efficiency about everything that he was doing. And... It was just a, it was just a delight to see. It was a joy to see because I know I dig out Hoybier quite a bit, but Hoybier is he's a decent enough player, but he's not he's never been great, right? He's never been great, and Basuma just is. He just looks he looks amazing. He looks absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm really excited to see him line up against uh, against alongside Bentancur. Basuma Bentancur Madison, you know, that is that is quite exciting, provided Bentancur comes back the Bentancur who you know we 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 knew previously. Um but Basuma my you know my man of the match for Spurs today as well, absolutely. I'm not <laughs> I'm not making this a feature. This isn't a new new for the 23-24 Tet Trunks Man of the Match, sponsored by NordVPN. Um it's not, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very, very quick to say, not sponsored by v, nor VPN. They're not giving me any sponsorship money, so I shouldn't have even said them. I should have said Castrol GTX or Toilet Duck or something, some something random, because um, that would be quirky, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, let's say something quirky. Mighty Boosh was twenty years ago, mate. Grow up, Granddad. Um, Dejan Kulusevski. Not a classic performance from Decky today. Not a classic performance. Sorry. Sorry to say. Um got a love a lot of love for Decky. Don't but I don't think his confidence is, is particularly high at the moment. And it's a shame to see. It's a shame to see under new gaffer, new system, a way of playing that should suit a footballer like him, but who knows, man? You know, who knows what's going on in somebody's personal life? That's something that you know, I, I know people are just going to say, oh, you're just being woke or you're just being a snowflake. But I think if you're not seeing more and more the sort of stuff that, you know, like Delhi's interview, um, that footballers may have things going on, right, in their own lives and that has an impact on what they're doing on the pitch. Look, I'm, I'm not saying there is this going on with Decky. It may just be that He's just not in great form. Maybe he's not sleeping that well. Maybe he, you know, is a bit homesick or something. Maybe he's starting to just already get a bit bored of playing for Tottenham. I, who knows? Like, who who actually knows? I'm just saying there might be more to it going on. But I was surprised he, he made it through the entire game. I was surprised that Manos Solomon didn't didn't come through. And maybe, maybe that's just Ange wanting him to play through this. Um, maybe Ange has seen that seen the better side of Kulisevsky in training or something and knows that he just needs something to go his way to for us to see the best of him again right um so that 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 could well be what it is um but uh, yeah I don't I I just couldn't really tell you what he did at all today he didn't look particularly dangerous at all 
he kept cutting inside and just knocking the ball usually into the into the Brentford defenders. Um, I don't I don't think he was really ever looking to use the ball particularly cleverly in a way that we've known him to and where we've seen him um, use the ball previously, which is a shame to see because we do know there's an absolutely magnificent footballer in there in Kulisevsky. But you know it's uh, it hasn't gone anywhere. Hopefully, we're gonna. We're going to see the best of him again, aren't we? Please, please tell me we're going to see the best of him. Um, I don't know. Let's just let's just wait and see. Eh? James Madison, fantastic footballer, absolutely fantastic. It's great to see him already come in and be a bit of a lead. You can tell he's he's a big like alpha. Um, it's the reason why he's a vice captain immediately. There's probably a reason why somebody like Eric Dyer's unfollowed Tottenham from all his social accounts and all that type of thing. I can I can feel for somebody like Eric Dyer. I can feel for him to to probably see these like lads come in, Romero coming after him, be his junior, see Madison a brand new signing this summer, to come in and both be vice captains ahead of him. You know, in any other season, you'd imagine Eric Dyer was nailed on to be a vice captain, but that all but signals his place in the team now, doesn't it? It all but shows you really what what Ange thinks of him, and that's probably a bit of pill to swallow um, for him. But is what it is, you know. He he doesn't fit the system, and it feels like Eric Dyer needs a clean break from Spurs, really, doesn't it? it? Feels like it's all gotten quite toxic. The relationship between him, the fans, all of us, the way in which the discourse is around him which is largely unfair, I think, or at least the way in which it's constructed is unfair, shall we say. Um, it, it borders into, not even borders, it pretty much fully goes into abusive towards him. And I don't think he deserves that. Um, but look, I'm not here to talk about Eric Dyer right now, at least. Um, James Madison, he had a great performance. He... Looked very, very lively in the first half. I do I do think, you know, in the interest of balance, I do think he faded in the second half. Um, I think he maybe got a bit rattled by the yellow cards. I think he was probably playing within himself a little bit. He had that he had that other the opportunity where if a if a referee was being a bit more particular, I can imagine if it was a you know, a game where it was like a, a big kind of passionate kind of derby. I know people can say this is it's not a London derby, come on. With two teams that exist within London, but Tottenham Brentford is not a derby. It just isn't. Like it's like saying Wigan against Liverpool is a derby, or Bolton against Liverpool is a derby. And I'm not saying that as any Brentford finished above us last year. I'm just that was more a talk about their proximity to, you know, making it a derby or not. And it just it just isn't. It's not a Tottenham Brentford is not a derby. We're two teams that exist within London. And in a, like I say, in a spicier encounter, if there were lots of fouls flying in here, there and everywhere, the crowd are screaming down the referee's back for every single kind of touch of the ball, anybody on a yellow card, Madison maybe could have seen a red. It would have been soft, but he was already on a yellow. And again, I can't remember which Brentford player it was, but he sort of barged into into the back of them and it could, could have on another day been a red. Um, so it does just make me wonder if 
if James Madison was maybe playing within himself a bit in the second half, he could have been. Because um, he did disappear a little bit. But he's he's clearly a very, very good player. He's classed that delivery. I mean, I don't think we've seen that since... Well, we haven't seen that since Ericsson, have we? Really, let's be, let's be honest. Um, he, was, he was fantastic. And... Really excited to 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 see how he continues to develop within this team. There was a, there was a couple of nice threaded through balls to Richarlison as well, which didn't quite didn't quite get there. Brighton's defence were quite alert to them, but it's good. It's nice to see him probing, to see him looking to create those opportunities. That you know, and this is going to be said a few times, but dare say if somebody else was on the end of them. We might have scored a few more, but he's not. So come on, we can't keep thinking that way. Or I can't keep thinking that way. I'm not going to project that onto you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to have Madison about the place. And, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens. I think it's going to be a big season for him. Um, it was also, he said, didn't he? He, said, he? he alluded to the fact that he said Tottenham have always had a player like me. They've always had a player like me and now they've got me here. Um he said, like you know, like he he likes that. He likes knowing that. He likes knowing that he's at the type of club. He was, you know, he was saying wearing that kit, being in that stadium. You know what you're getting with Spurs, and you know, I, I like that. I like that he he you know he speaks. He's 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 you know he's he's a good talker. He's a good talker, Madison. Um, and there is that. Spooky was talking about it on his pod, saying that. You know, you do hate him when he doesn't play for you. And they were all booing him, weren't they? They were all singing like, you know, I can't even remember what they were singing to him. Something about Madison. Um, what's the score, I think? I don't know. I can't remember what they were, they were singing. Some shit to him for no real reason at all. Um, but there is that air of jealousy because you know how good he can be. He's, he's irritating and he's so smug and he's so full of himself but he's definitely a prime example of when he's yours, you don't care. Um, he's just, he's a good player and he's coming into his, his sort of peak prime years now and we've got him for what feels like a steal. So let's embrace that one. Um, Sonny today, I saw him getting, I saw Sonny getting quite a few pelters on uh, on Twitter today. I, I thought Sonny was okay. I, I thought Sonny was was decent enough. I thought he was he was running the channel well. I thought he was cutting inside line nicely. Thought he kept you know basically giving the ball off to to James Madison a, a fair amount of times. Giving giving the ball to Ibasuma who was sort of you know pounding into the box. Giving it to a dodgy who was on the on the overlap. Like it was. I, th- I thought he was doing a lot there. I thought he was operating in in a more kind of creative role there, which I you know I like to see from I like to see from him. I felt he I felt he was pretty hard done by um, to be the to be the player that was taken off the to take to be taken off the the pitch as opposed to um, as opposed to Kulisewski. And I did want to give a shout out to to Jahi Han. Um, apologies if my pronunciation wasn't on point there though but he's like one of the fans from South Korea who's emailed me previously um and he was he, he was saying that he, he he disagreed with me on on some of my points about where Son is is best utilized being out on that kind of left-hand side playing as a, a as an orthodox winger because 
he was saying that like in um it, it, when they watch him for South Korea he is more of that creative playmaking outlet for for the for the team um and when he does it's like they they say that like when he plays for South Korea they say he does play more of that Kane role um and I did find that quite interesting to see and then, so when I was looking at what he was doing today it was interesting to see that he was he was creating opportunities for other players. He was using his, you know, the fact that he can put the shits up to, you know, to be colloquially about it, to put the shits up the opposition team by running at them, creating that space, stretching them, and then he's able to then give the ball off to Basuma, a dodgy, to Madison. And he was doing that to good effect today, I felt. Um he had that one opportunity where the ball dropped to him. I thought he was going to bury it, but you know, such is life. It was it was a difficult, difficult kind of opportunity from a bit of an angle at the far post. Didn't have much time to think about it. Ball kind of dropped to him. Um, it would have been obviously it would have been would have been nice to see him score. Yeah, of course it would, Jack. No shit, mate. Um, but he he had a good performance today. I thought I I, I was. Surprised to see him taken off and not Kulisevsky, if I'm brutally honest. Richie, Richarlison, got to give him time. Got to give him time. I want to see him continue to play in this number nine role for a bit, but he didn't share himself in glory today. And he definitely made a firm case for Ange to the powers that be at the club that we need. We need another, you know, outlet up there. That kind of top top of the system focal point um, because whether it just provides some foil for Richarlison whether it provides some rotation for him or you know if his form doesn't improve we're going to need somebody there that can put the ball in the back of the net I've got every faith in Richarlison Brazil's number nine good player good hard working player good attitude to come good um, but sometimes things just don't work out for players at certain clubs. And that could be the case here. We don't know. You know, we do, everybody, we can't make excuses for some players and not for others. Everybody was playing under that system with Antonio Conte last year, which stifled the, the attacking players immensely. Um, Richarlison was barely ever played in this position up top um, or even, you know, even kind of on the left, which he, you know, he prefers to, to play on. Um, and that's simply because he had Kane and Son there ahead of him and now he doesn't and now it's his chance to step up. He is coming up to, you know, he is trying to get back to full fitness. Ange Postacoglu has, has already told us this, has alluded to this. So we shouldn't be overly surprised that, you know, he, he, he isn't 100% fit and firing yet. Um, I've just got to say, there is just that bit of me that feels like we should have just seen a bit more from him today. He should have just given us a bit more reason to feel like with Kane's absence, you know, we've got we've got a safe option there. We've got a, nobody's gonna replace Harry Kane. We know that. We know nobody is gonna be like for like a replacement for him. Um, but we at least wanna feel like there's somebody there that's gonna be good, of a of a level that you'd expect somebody to be who is Brazil's number nine. And I think we can honestly say we haven't seen that from Richarlison yet. We definitely didn't see that from Richarlison today, but that doesn't mean we're not going to see that from Richarlison at all. 
we just need to be patient we need to give him time and that's fine but um unlike uh unlike the famous song said we don't unfortunately have all the time in the world because god that was so fucking partridge wasn't it i keep getting called <laughs> i keep getting called partridge now and i, I know i don't help myself <laughs> recording the pod walking along the side of the road and all that type of thing um but you know fuck i've just got to own that i've just got to take that one we don't uh, as the uh, as the famous song said have all the time in the world um fuck's sake Daf Sanchez, uh, yeah, decent when he came on. Decent when he came on. Um, there's a few moments when he, you know, he's again he switches off. He's not paying attention, and we know that. That's nothing new, right? With Daf Sanchez, we know that's what we're going to get from him. Um, but I don't even know if he's going to be a Tottenham player by the end of the transfer window. You know, I mean, that's that. He, let's let's put it down to he played well today. He made one brilliant recovery tackle. His pace, you know, his pace and the timing of the tackle was absolutely superb to stop Brentford on the break. Um, I feel like I've said Brighton maybe a couple of times over the over the duration of recording this. So if I have apologies, but you know, whatever, get over it. Um, even Perisic. Looked tidy when he came on. Looked looked promising again. Playing in that more attacking, that more advanced role. That's where we're going to see the best of him, isn't it? Um, he wasn't on for long, but I dare say we're going to see a lot more of him this year. And spoke about him the other day, just talking about what great Nick he's in, what a you know what a professional he is. How disappointed he was with his own showings in a Tottenham shirt last year. Feels like people haven't seen the best of him. Um, great. Let's let's just hold on. And you know, you you know, if you've listened to this last year, last season, you're gonna know how much I, I I dug out even Perisic. So you know, it's big of me. It's big of me to take the climb down and actually say no. He's good. He's a good player. Um, look forward to seeing more of him in a Tottenham shirt. Uh, Pape Matisar, the the last of our players to talk about today. Um, Good. You know, I couldn't really tell you what he did. He did massively different to Oliver Skip, if I'm brutally honest, in the time that he was on the pitch. But he's a very good young player. Um, I was actually surprised he didn't start ahead of Skip, to, to be honest with you. Um, and I dare say we'll see those two rotated throughout the season. Um, but I really like him. I like that Postacoglu is putting faith in him, putting trust in him. And letting him kind of show what he's all about because he looks like he looks like a really special talent he looks really really good for a young player to be performing at that kind of level coming into a completely new league completely new country getting to grips of it all in what in one season and already looking like somebody that you don't feel I don't feel uncomfortable seeing him playing for us I don't feel uncomfortable about the idea of him starting for us where he to if somebody said to me he's going to be starting next week against Manchester United, I wouldn't be worried about that. Um, I think he's a really good, really good player, really good talent. Glad to have him about the place. But that's it, you know. First game of the season, two two, good draw away at Brighton. Ah, just joking. Good draw away at Brentford. Um, let's have it, you know. Let's have it. There's plenty to look forward to there. Big game next week against Manchester United, which 
you know, hasn't, like I keep saying, hasn't been a favorable tie for us um, over the past few years, but but we'll see. Um, we're going to have the normal studio pod out tomorrow. Um, guest still TBC. And if you want to sign up, I have launched a Patreon this year, patreon.com forward slash RTR pod. Got a few different pods going on there now. Got a preview pod on that I drop on Fridays. We've got the Thursday bulletin pod where it's just a 20 minute kind of going through all the, the bulletins of the week's news uh, with Phil. Some people may know him as Single Malt Suds, formerly known on Twitter. He's left now. Um, and also every month there's a pod with my friend Jack Gallagher, not a Spurs fan, Juventus fan, Derry City fan, um, where he offers a, an outsider's view every single month about what where he thinks Spurs are at. He'll either be picking me up from the doldrums of despair or pushing me back down from whatever self-imposed ecstasy I'm in, talking about Tottenham about to be on the verge of winning the league and you know whoever else, Pape Matasar being a generational talent, so on and so forth. Um, but he's a good bloke. He's he's a football writer by trade, and he's a playwright as well. So you know he's he's just he's funny. He's a good lad to talk to. So yeah, you can sign up for that. patreoncom slash Um Really appreciate everybody who has signed up so far. If you do want to get in touch, tedtrunk at gmail.com. Send me an email. Send me any questions. Send me any voice recordings. Anything like that that you you know if you've got. You object to anything that I've said, I'll play it on here. You know, it depends. Unless you, if you're abusive or something, then I'm not going to. But, you know, let me know what you're thinking. Get in touch. Um, like the pod. Share it. Share it on Reddit. Share it on Twitter. Share it wherever you want to. Um, because, you know, why not? Um, I am putting these out as videos on YouTube now as well. So if you if you interact with content in that way, you can go over to YouTube and watch it on there, but you know, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Um, come on, you Spurs. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.